Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the Starline by a Broadway star who's voiced over 100 radio and TV commercials. You've seen him in the film Newsies the Musical, as well as being part of the original Broadway cast. He's performed as Timon, Pumbaa, and Zazu on Broadway, and is portraying Pumbaa in Disney's The Lion King National Tour. We welcome John E. Brady. That's me. Hi, everybody. John, let's go beyond the mic. When you are portraying such a beloved character each night, how does the movie, or did the movie, influence your own performance nightly? Um, to be honest, I actually had worked with Ernie Sabella for a few things, and I, I it's a difficult question to answer. I didn't look at the, the, the animated film at all, but I had seen it, so I obviously knew that what, what basic type of character he was and, and what, you know, that he had gas <laughs> and that he was Simone's best friend and they were, you know, outcasts. So I had that general knowledge of the what happens in the show. Uh, but when I joined the cast and started rehearsing, we were encouraged to bring our own personalities and our own take on it. So other than, you know, roughing up my voice a little, I think that each of us who have played Kumba over the years have done their own Kumba. So I'm, I'm not sure you're influencing in a, any great way other than, you know, that, the, that's the character. The character is a farting outcast cake. How did Julie Tamor's costumes bring the show to life and yet be a 50-pound burden on you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm working out that lawsuit now. Um, <laughs> no. Julie, the genius she is, was able to transfer the essence of those characters into inanimate things right that you could then embody and animate i don't know what julie was thinking i think she just drew it on pieces of paper and gave it to michael curry and said can you this this is what i sort of like it to look like and feel like so as a collaboration with the the people who constructed the the puppets to be fair it was a lot heavier at first (laughs) it was very very heavy the first pumba was but then after you know a while, they were like, we're killing our actors. Can we make some of this stuff lighter? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little lighter. It's still 50 pounds. But it's balanced well and you know, uh, designed for the actor in mind for the most part. So uh, that, that was sort of her genius. It's still 50 pounds I have to run around with on my shoulders every night. But, you know, it's a good gig. And I love it. So what goes into your costume, and since you aren't in the show for the first 30 minutes as Pumbaa, what are you doing during that time? I mean, how is your time balanced from when you first go on stage? You know, everybody has their own process. I like to get to the theater very early. I like to get there. We don't have, I don't have to be at the theater until a half hour before the curtain. But I like to get there at least an hour before the curtain so that I arrive, I put out anything I need, I'm, uh, I'm it's a feel for the theater. I say hello to my fellow actors, stage managers, crew. That's all part of my process is arriving at the building and sort of settling into getting ready for the show. When the show starts, I put on the, the costume that's underneath the puppet, um, which is complicated in its own way, but I'll put that on. And then after the opening number, which I have to tell people, never be late for our show. The first 10 minutes of our show 
You can't miss it. Be, be there on time. It is the most spectacular thing you could ever see. I saw it on Broadway when I first saw it and, and left. I, I, I have to say I wept about the first 50 times I saw it. it it's that amazing. It's, it's overwhelming. And it's one of those theatrical experiences that you don't want to miss. So please, you know, come early, you know, have, a, have an orange juice or something. But my process, as when the show starts, I'll put on my costume and then I go to makeup. Someone puts my makeup on for me. It's a full face uh, makeup with nine different colors and the eyes. And then I put on a wig, which itself is about 150 pounds. When that's all done, by the time I'm done in my makeup, I have about 10 minutes before I have to get into the puppet and ready to enter. So you cut your hair on purpose. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is totally, are you kidding? I have a full, you know, blowing head of hair, but who needs that? Who needs it? <laughs> you know how much money I save in shampoo? Come on. How do you go from the hotel to the show preparing to become Pumbaa, and what's your pre-show mental process? There are some people who have to be there, like, when I arrive at an hour, they're already getting the makeup on, like Mufasa, uh, Rafiki, and Zazu are already getting into makeup an hour before the show, excuse me. So, because they're the first people on stage, right? Rafiki starts the show with the sun rising. Like I said, don't miss it. And then the very next scene is Mufasa, Scar, and Zazu. Scar also gets his makeup done in an hour. The process for me, again, I, I try like to get to the theater early. If I get any time, I'm just that person. I hate to be late. So, being early is far more relaxed. There's far less stress. If I'm late, I'm stressful. And it's difficult to sort of get in that mindset. But I'm sitting in the makeup chair for 25 minutes getting my makeup done. And that's when it's really, it becomes serious, right? You, you, you get into then sort of, I'm becoming the character. Um, I'm focusing, you know, because you're just sitting there looking at yourself in the mirror while you're making my genius, Kendall. Thank you very much for doing my makeup every night. Um, really focuses you, right? Really gets you in the in the zone for doing the show. The only time it would be problematic is if something breaks or there's an emergency with makeup that Kendall has to run and I have to do my own. Then it's a little stressful, but you're still as part of the process. When I was doing it on Broadway, I did my own makeup. And that for me was really, and when I was playing Timon, I did my own Timon makeup. And it really does you become, you know, you start to become the character. You start to see it in front of you, like, oh, I'm Simone now. So that's that. That's my process, and that's how it helps me to get into the focus of the show. John, your performance is true artistry with acting and puppeteering. Which was harder for you in the beginning? Well, I'll tell you, it's easier to, to act in jeans and sneakers. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, does my mouth open in sync with what I'm saying and do my eyes move when my head moves and when does, you know, when do I put stick out the tongue and when do I sniff with my nose so it's it's the full thing you can't separate one from the other in this show the acting and the puppetry have to meld and become the same thing and that's that's the challenge and the reason why it's interesting every night because you'll never get it right and as much as you you think that I could just zone, you know, phone in a performance, you just can't, right? It takes an enormous amount of concentration to, I mean, if you see, when you see the show, come to our show. It's in 90 different countries. It's been running for 25 years. There's a reason that people come to see our show. But there's a, you know, three-act 
play going on underneath my nose, underneath my, the, my head, <laughs> you know, because it's all sort of choreographed. Like I sniff here, I move my eyes over here, and you, it only aids in the bringing the puppet to life, which is only going to make your acting look better because they're not really looking at me. They're looking at Puma and, and you know, his rear end. Just don't get in the way. If that rear end goes up, back away. John E. Brady, he is Pumbaa in Disney's The Lion King National Tour, and he joined us beyond the mic for the Rocky Nate. All this is, John, is eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Okay. Which is your favorite castmate other than Timon? And I'm not allowed to say Pumbaa, right? Um, my favorite character. I would have to say the ensemble. I would have to say all of the other actors that bring the plants to life, the hyenas to life, the gazelles. The, the birds, the kites. I mean, those people are in itself bring Africa, the savannah, the jungle, the cave, the, the, the rock to life, right? So I could be the best actor in the world, but if I'm not surrounded by Africa, people are going to be like, oh, what, what's he doing? So to me, it's, it's all of these singers and dancers that are in the show, I have to say. And to me, they're one character. They're the the backbone of this show. And they work really hard. And again, the, the stuff that they can do, you know, amazing. So yes, I would say the, the ensemble. When you arrive in the new town, what's the first thing you search out? The I, I'll ask, When I first arrive, I'll ask the people either at the front desk or my dresser or anybody local, I'll say, what are you known for here? Normally it's food. Right. So in when we were in Fort Worth, I had a lot of good barbecue. When I was in Austin, a lot of good barbecue. I love it. You got some work to do. I'm just saying, I hear I hear you you do barbecue too, but I've had some pretty good barbecue in Texas. In Wisconsin it was uh, poutine, right? It was cheese curd. In Des Moines, strange enough, I said, Well what what, what kind of food do you know in here? Zyla. And then in Des Moines they were like, Oh, we don't do food, we do beer. And I'm like, no, but really, what are you doing? To, to a person, the local people are like, oh, we do beer. We do beer. And you know what Des Moines does? Beer. So, yeah, so the first thing I look at is what is, what is town uh, uh, cuisine? And then I would say, well, what, what should I go see? What do I need to see in these particular towns? And it, what, it, St. Louis is the zoo or the the Muni Theater or their amazing museum. I had some good barbecue in St. Louis too, so yeah, so that's the first thing I look Ah, so many great places to eat. How about your favorite Disney cruise ship? I've done all four and I can't, I can't pick a, a favorite. I've done all four. They're all so amazing. And I did the, I've, I've been on eight different Disney cruises performing. And I've done all four ships, and they upgraded the two older ships. They they put them in dry dock and renovated them, and the renovations were amazing. And if you have kids, it I've done some other cruises as well. But if you have kids, Disney knows kids. They know families, and they do cruises for families. I'm, you're not gonna. There's no casino on that boat. But you don't miss it. If you have kids, it's, it's uh, really worth going. It really is. But, you know, spend your money on, on the Lion King first, and then you can go on a cruise. 
<laughs> John, what's your favorite TV show to binge? Uh, I have a few. Um, my favorite TV show of all time is Breaking Bad. Good choice. Um, I thought the first season of The Handmaid's Tale was some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. There's an Irish show on on Hulu. It's for adults. This is not for kids. It's called Normal People, where the two leads probably do the most incredible acting I have ever seen. It is unbelievable how good they are. So I, those are my three tops. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm binging Ted Lasso and, uh, and, and Welcome to Wrexham. All right, ones that I'm like really into. How long do you stretch or do yoga daily? Well, my physical therapist would want me to say, oh, I spend, you know, a good 45 minutes. But, you know, I've always thought of myself as advanced. So I do it in, you know, about a good 4.5 minutes. And I feel <laughs> that that's equal to 45 for me. So, yeah. I'm 60 years old. I can't do yoga. I look at yoga and I give up. I do stretch. I do stretch. I try and uh, mitigate injuries as much as possible. But yeah, yoga, I can't even touch my toes. I mean, there's no way I'm going to do downward dog slipping, you know, dolphin. But that's not to say everybody else doesn't. At Timon, the guy who plays Timon, does yoga. He does a half hour before every show he warms up. So there's a, most of the people are very disciplined. I'm very disciplined for a very short period of time. What's the best thing about your wife and son? God, I, you see, and if you read my pro, my bio in the program, the last thing I said, you know, if anybody asks me what's my favorite role, I say dad. Right. So, uh, when my son was born, I, I found my pocket. Being dad is the best thing that ever happened to me. And we were a really tight knit family. We talked every day. He worked at NASA. Very proud. He, yeah. Uh, when he, you know, he's there. Yeah, I would take a bullet for them. I would have to. Um, yeah. What's the best thing? There is no best thing. All of it's the best. Dad for a rocket scientist. I think you outkicked your coverage. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. He shames me every day. Yeah, he likes. He likes to make me feel stupid, which I love. But yeah, he talked, you know, rocket science. Favorite place on the Penn State campus? Well, for me, it was the theater. But outside of the theater, there was a place called Yale Diner, which I just heard closed, where you got cinnamon sticky buns, and they were famous, and they were amazing. Now, I didn't like them out of those. I'm not an ice cream on the side kind of guy. When I want a sticky bun, I get a sticky bun. I don't, if I want ice cream, I get ice cream. That was my favorite place to hang out. But it's gone. <laughs> Do you remember your first commercial? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? Absolutely. I remember. I remember when they called me and they said I booked it. I, I played a, a like a, a thief, and so we were on black. The three of us. We were in black masks and black black body suits, and we we went into a guy was sitting on a couch sleeping, and we stole all of his stuff around him. And while he was sleeping and it was for some Connecticut security thing. It was a local thing. But yes, I remember, I remember every minute of the shoot. I remember the audition. I remember the callback. I remember everything. To be honest, I remember almost all of them the same way. Every time I got a job doing a commercial, whether it be voiceover or on camera, it, I'm always like, you, you sure you picked me? You sure they want me? I, they picked me. Come on. 
If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. Yeah, I've done, I've done quite a few. Now. It is time for the back half with Johnny e. Brady beyond the mic. He is playing Pumba in the Broadway traveling national tour of the Lion King. John, how did this audition for this role different from any other that you've ever worked on? This is an interesting story. I had never stepped on a Broadway stage. I was 38 years old. I had done a lot of theater across the country. I've done a lot of commercials. I did a couple of movies. I did, you know, all this stuff, but I'd never, I'd seen a lot of Broadway shows, but I've never actually set foot on one of the stages. 38 years old, in New York, you know, uh, almost 18 years, had never stepped on a Broadway stage. Well, because the puppet, you know, so we auditioned the scenes at a, at a like a regular audition space, a studio, sang the songs, did the scenes without the puppets, but Julie was like, and it was before Julie, Julie was like, well, we have to see how you, how you do with the puppets. So they drove us to the theater by cab. They didn't tell me, so we're just we're just going to work with the puppets. I didn't know that they only had one of each puppet at the time, and that they were at the theater. Only one, right? So we get out of the cab, and I'm like, "Oh, we're at the theater. It must be across the street or something." So, so they walk me into the theater, the stage door, and the stage is adjacent to the side of the stage, and an army of people. Right? There's the puppeteer, the choreographer, there's the they're a resident director. There's Julie. There's Julie's assistant. There's the stage manager. The second stage manager. I mean, I'm surrounded by people, and they ushered me off stage and said, "Well, we'll put you in the puppet now." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So they put me in the stone puppet. They said, "She's waiting for you out there." And they pushed me out onto maybe one of the most beautiful theater stages on earth. The Amsterdam Theater. The way they renovated that theater, it's unbelievably beautiful. So I walk out, and it's a, you know, it's a huge house. I mean, it's got two balconies that go to the sky, three balconies, and the orchestra goes just forever and ever out the back. And Julie's sitting dead center in the orchestra. <laughs> and I walked out. I was like, "What? What is happening right now?" And it was funny. She said, oh, "You want to just do the scene?" And I said, "Julie, I said, I've never been on the Broadway stage. Can I just have a minute? I'm a little intimidated by my." surroundings and she laughed and she she got up and came up on stage and started talking to me she's like because i was just totally uh, you know awestruck starstruck whatever i was just i couldn't believe there i was nobody else in the theater just me and julie it, and i'm wearing a kimono and i just so yeah that was and then i got the job like she came up she, she went back out of the audience i did the show she came up and said what do you think about coming in the show and i was like so I'm like, you do everything you can not to cry in front of the person who's going to be your boss for the next eight weeks. But, uh, you know, I might, have, I might have cheered up a little outside the theater. And still, look at me. I'm getting all the flimps. That was awesome. You've been called the most sarcastic person on the road. What's the one thing people need to know about you? That if I'm sarcastic to you, I love you. That, yes, I will pick on you. I only pick on people I love. Sorry, I'm that guy. I will, uh, yes, but I'm not the only one that is right. So most of the people in my dressing room, all we do for the entire show, we tell each other how stupid they are, or you know how ugly they are, or how fat they are. I mean, and that's the only way I know they like. If they don't pick on me, then I know they don't care. 
<laughs> you never saw yourself as Pumbaa, but you excel at it. How do you know all these things? Who talked to you about all this? Who did you talk to? <laughs> Research, my friend. I'm, I'm not a Pumbaa. Pumbaa's a big guy. He's a heavy set. He's tall. He's, you know, sort of doofus. I'm more of a Timon. I'm a wise, cracking guy from New York who, you know, thinks he knows it all. So when they asked me to do Pumbaa, it was a stretch for me. Saz was even harder, right? The upper crust, you know, major domo. That's really hard for me. But Timon is, you know, I'm a Timon. But uh, I have learned to love Pumbaa. My performance is award-winning. You can't miss it. John, as an actor, do you feel that actors are sometimes unfairly typecast in hidden boxes of their own making? I don't know if it's unfairly. I mean, if a writer writes a character that's, you know, whatever, dwarf or a giant or a, a wisecracking guy, or uh, you want to pick the actor who best fits the role. So I... For me, it's easier for me to be a wise-cracking, cynical, sarcastic guy on stage because that's the way I am in life. But that doesn't mean I can't play someone who's less intelligent, whose son doesn't work at NASA, you know, because he got all the smarts from me, <laughs> obviously. Boxes, I don't know if it's unfair. I, I just wouldn't say it's unfair. You pick the best actor for the role. That's my fear, my feeling. And I'm all for and all four people going outside the box, right? So if you, if you want to do an all-female version of 1776, I, I'm, I'm absolutely for that, you know? I'm absolutely for, you know, George Washington Hamilton being an African-American. That, I, uh, because it's amazing. It's really good. And I love expanding people's ideas or set ideas about anything or anyone. 1776 and the pajama game are some of my favorite musicals of all time. Oh, have you ever been to Africa? And how has your work on this show since 1998 changed the way you see the lion King? I've been to the African section of many zoos. <laughs> so no, I've never been to Africa. It, it's on the list. It's on the list. But yeah, I've actually, I've studied warthogs. I've seen how they walk and talk. Very difficult to do when you're not really a warthog, but you try and bring the, as much flavor of that animal to life. John, The Lion King has grossed over $1.8 billion on Broadway. How was performing on the road different than when you were on Broadway? It's the exact same show. Having been on Broadway for 12 years doing The Lion King and now doing the last 18 months of the tour, the shows are pretty much identical. Right now, I think we're better than Broadway, but that's just me. The, the difference is, you know, you, you, you're eating it. It's hard to eat well. It's hard to maintain relationships with friends and family. It's more difficult to sort of become comfortable anyplace because you're never there long enough. You're living out of a suitcase. You know, it's, you're wearing the same 10 T-shirts you've worn for the last year. But... You know, the perks are, I went to see, you know, I jumped out of an airplane. I saw the Sonoran Desert. I saw the Grand Canyon. I went to uh, a rodeo. I went to Fort Worth. I went to my first rodeo. Um, so there are some perks that, bucket list things that I would never have been able to do had I not been on tour. So for me, and my kids, you know, he's out of the house. I don't have to pick and these baseball games anymore, sadly. Sadly, I don't want to say it's You know, now it's, it's, it's me to sort of see the country and see the people. 
and that's the other thing amazing about tour is that every time you go to a different town i'm blown away by the people who work there and the people i meet there it's just i can't describe how cool it is to meet cool people no matter where you are north south west east it's you know we're all just people and it's it's really refreshing to be reminded of that every day so I want to ask about when they taped your performance of Newsies for a movie of the show. How difficult was it for you to perform? It was so well thought out and well uh, done that you never really were, you just did your work. It was a taping of the show, so it wasn't like we had to do a lot of it. We just basically recreated the show we did every night. Well, we did like 10 times in a row. Like the first scene in Newsies, we would do 10 times. And then we would do the second scene 10 times. And then they would push in for close-ups. But because we had been doing it for so long, or I had been doing it for so long, you know, you just snap back into, I'm on, this is, I'm just, I'm on stage. There's nothing different. Do your, do the performance you do every night, only do it better because people are going to watch you forever. It, for me, it wasn't that different. The boys, I have to say, were put through the grinder, right? So the, the dancers, imagine doing, I don't know if you've seen the show, but it's a very, athletic, you know, uh, hard dancing show. They dance really hard for, you know, 90 minutes or two hours. And they would have to do that dance full out 10 times in a row. <laughs> they worked their butts off. I just stood there and talked. Again! <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to move the set. It was great. John, what's the best and worst moment from your Broadway career? Best moment is when Julie came up and said, well, so you want to do this? That was the best. You know, it, it had never been in my <clears throat> realm of possibility that I would ever be on a Broadway stage, even though you hope to. You, it's hard to believe it sometimes. I, I would envy the people who think, oh, no, I'm definitely going to be on Broadway someday. That was never going to, I never thought that was going to happen. I just like to work. Uh, that was the best. The, wor- the worst days are when people get hurt. The worst days are when you see an actor or particularly a performer, a dancer or a singer gets, you know, run into off stage or their ACL snaps on stage and they have to crawl off or a, a, a giraffe falls on the stage. You know, those moments are, you know, scary and that, that's probably the worst yeah, injuries. It's time for one big question with John E. Brady from The Lion King Beyond the Mic. Sag after striked. Searching for a fair contract as an actor, how did the pandemic hurt you for residuals and in turn your current health care for you and your family? Well, that's the question, right? So, so funny. Uh, after I hang up here, I have to sign my wife up for insurance. My Broadway contract does not cover family. Now, when I did commercials, it did. So, you know, uh, I'm a fairly successful guy. I've worked you know, pretty straight since 1989, I haven't had to have another job other than acting, whether it would be commercials, regional theater, Broadway, whatever. And I still struggle to pay medical bills. Now, my wife's a little uh, <clears throat> different. She she had breast cancer in 2008 and brain tumors in 2009. So she's fine. She's great. She's absolutely perfect. But she is a very high-risk insurance patient now thank goodness she even with these prior conditions she can get insurance but it's expensive because of that so it it 
to think that I'm <laughs> to think that 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 is such a stressful process for her. She needs to you know make sure that she doesn't get that breast cancer again and brain tumors again. And uh, so she has MRIs that she has to take every year and, and medications and stuff like that. So for me, healthcare is or health insurance is absolutely one of my biggest stresses and one of my biggest expenses and one of my biggest worries, right? You know, because if, if I don't make money, then I, I got to go on a less uh, comprehensive plan, which means that there's more paid out of pocket money. The, the, the less money you have, the more you have to pay for these things. Like if you have good insurance, Usually because you've got a really good job and are making a lot of money. So, but if you don't have good insurance, it's probably because you can't afford it and you have to pay out of pocket more. It just doesn't make sense to me sometimes, but it's a fact of life and I can't be without insurance. So I'm insured, but my wife is not. So I have to get go through different avenues to get her insurance. Or I have to do another commercial movie. This bag insurance does cover it. But since the pandemic, all the rules have changed, and it's not as easy to get the insurance. It's not the plans aren't as good. But I understand. You know, it's it's not like I don't get that. Nobody worked for two years. We all lived in, the, in you know our, our homes and our apartments. But uh, at some point, you know, it's got to change. For me, that was a really long answer. Let's get back to the joke. I'm always squeezing one more question. John, why should people watch The Lion King? Oh, there you go. Because it's the, it's the, it's the most popular show in the history of theater. It, it's done all around the world, including uh, Germany, France, uh, England, Australia, China, Japan. You name it, we, there's a company and it, it sells out. And it sells out for a reason. Cause it's really good. It's really good. And you don't have to know the language we're playing down here in Mexico. It, you know, they know a little bit of English and that little bit of English. They are, they are enjoying the show. We had opening light last night and people were just fawning over the actors and the, and the performance, just, just loving it. So why should people go see the Lion King? Cause it's a really good time. It's a one in a lifetime experience and your kids will never forget or you will never forget seeing that show. You will never kick yourself. You say that was money well spent. He loves being a dad for his rocket scientist son. Stretches daily for about four and a half minutes. But, I, but I'm advanced. I'm advanced. It's, it's equal to 45. Come on. I want you to go watch A Lion King on tour now. Johnny Brady, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. No, this is a blast. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that our sound will have some sound issues. I hope you can get some good, uh, good, good stuff off the phone. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app.